welcome everyone to this special Christmas edition of the Are You Kidding Me show. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, as always, I'm with uh, my good buddy, Super Dave. Dave, give him a shout out. Shout out from Super Dave. It is uh, the Christmas season and uh, it's pretty cool to be doing a uh, Christmas episode with you today, Matt. Absolutely. You know, we've grown so much since uh, the first season and now uh, we're doing a Christmas episode. We actually almost are like Star Wars, aren't we? <laughs> pretty sweet, pretty sweet. This this may be our this may be our Christmas episode, just like that. There you go. Never so. heard from again. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in studio today we've got uh, Ben and Devin, our our producer uh, pr- production team. Uh, Dave, uh, why don't we get let Ben and Devin give them a shout out? How's it going, guys? Hey, good to be here. Uh, you know, since it is our Christmas episode and we're winding down, I think season two it is, and uh, I just want to say. Uh, how appreciative we are for all of our uh, listeners, the two that we have. And um, I want to also take a a special time out to say thanks to uh, Ben and Devin for all the work that they do in helping this become a reality for uh, Dave and I, even though, you know, maybe we're the only two listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do appreciate those guys. And uh, it's something we want to do for a long time. And now we've uh, done two seasons and, uh, wrapping up the second season but it's but it's been a fun ride so far absolutely so t- today's episode we got to be very careful okay we've touched on some really tender subjects before but i think today we got to be careful we got to take extreme precaution because this is a subject that could be fragile <laughs> and we don't want to shoot our eye out no, <laughs> no. we're discussing the ultimate christmas classic uh Ranked up there, at least on my list of must-see Christmas movies, um, along with Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman, um, and it's a, it's a great Christmas pumpkin, Charlie Brown, um, a Christmas story. The, the ultimate uh, classic, uh, I think it was written by Gene Stapleton, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct there, uh, Dave? No, Gene, Gene, Gene Stapleton. Shepard. Gene Shepard. Gene Stapleton was Edith on uh, All yeah, in the Family. The... But, and we yeah, enjoyed her yeah. performance, though. So. That would be that would oh, be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As usual, I, I've done my research, and I, I must say... Um, it's based off of a novel that's called uh, "In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash," and, and Gene Shepard did a lot of short stories and things like that. And so, this idea for a Christmas story was one of those stories. Correct. And that's how, it, and it helped later on with the screenplay. Absolutely, and if I'm not mistaken, voiced the off-camera narration. If, if if I'm not mistaken, yes, he he is the adult Ralphie that's narrating the whole story, which is a which is really pretty cool because. I don't know how you could have voiced that any better. It just turns out that that was a really good fit. Right, right. So uh, for those who have not uh, seen it, uh, Christmas Story is the story of Ralphie. Um, uh, what was Ralphie's last name, Dave? Uh, they are the the Parkers. Correct. Uh, and Ralphie is the oldest son of um, Mr. and Mrs. Parker. I don't know that we ever heard their actual first names. Um, but then he has a little brother, and his little brother's name was? Oh, the little uh, Randy. Right. 
And so uh, the Parkers are just a po- – this takes place – and there's some debate about the timing of when the movie uh-huh. takes place. But it, it takes place post-depression, I guess, yes. is really the best way to say it. And definitely before World War II. That much we know. Okay. And it, it takes place in the town of Hofford. Is that right? No, that part I'm not sure. Um that it, that they're actually set in, right? Uh, let me look at that while you're while you continue. They are they are definitely in Indiana. Um, it's a little confusing because there's so many weird references. Um, they they film part of it in Cleveland, but right. they're on Cleveland Street. But Cleveland Street is in Indiana, so there's but it is in Indiana, and they're they're definitely not in Terre Haute. Correct. And so Ralphie is a young boy who uh, recounts the tales of Christmas's past with his family. Um, his mom is just the average uh, uh, stereotypical late uh, late 40s, early 50s mom uh, who dotes on her children. Uh, his little brother has problems eating. Um, Ralphie is a typical American preteen boy um uh, pre-tween actually i think he's probably yeah he's he's nine years old or supposed to be nine years old right and his one desire for a christmas present is the red rider bb gun yes Um, but through it all um it, it does a lot of um recounting of americana at that time so he listens to the radio with his uh little orphan annie dakota ring uh, trying to determine the secret message that uh, Little Orphan Annie has for all the boys and girls. And again, this is on the radio. There is no television at the time. Uh, and it just, uh, it's a wonderful storytelling. But the key to this film, I think, overall is its humor. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so um, it's become a Christmas, Christmas classic, as I mentioned. Um, it was originally released in 1983. Um, was not thought to be any any major blockbuster hit. Um, in fact, by the time Christmas rolled around, most of the theaters had already ordered other movies. And so there was a large backlash because the word of mouth had gotten out. Um, it was released around Thanksgiving time. And so by the time Christmas rolled around, people were looking for it and couldn't find it. Um, it's this not- is another one of those movies that has um, that that did much better once it was released on television. And, and gained, you know, so much more popularity on television. Well, television and or DVD, I think, is is really, uh, and actually would have been VHS at the time, um, I think probably helps solidify some of its uh, fan base. And it's become, you know, a, a, a rite of passage, if you will. Um, I remember sharing the movie with my son, William, uh, and, and letting him watch it. And he, he just falling in love with it as well as uh as i did um what was your first uh memory or impression of the movie when you when you first saw it i'll just oh, all the way back in all the way back in 83 i remember it coming out i remember it being advertised but i did not see this in the theater so uh, i didn't see it till it was released later on uh on television so i didn't really grow up with it i was already a late teen by that time but I remember it being advertised and kind of being like a lot of other people and just saying, eh, that's not for me because there were some other movies uh, much more popular and, and much more my genre than this. 
1983. Right. How about you, Ben? Uh, you know, I was at a Christmas party. Uh, it was a Christmas party my parents were attending, and I asked to watch TV because I was getting really bored at this party. Uh, I was flipping through channels, and I came across it not knowing that it was a Christmas story. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I think the parts where they were getting bullied and uh, ended up watching a Michael Jordan basketball game instead. But later, <laughs> later on, I went and asked my dad about kind of describing the movie, and he knew exactly what I was talking about by my description and then uh, uh, proceeded to show me that movie. So I had that connection with my dad and was able to see that, and it was an awesome experience. How about you, Devin? Um, I... I, so I've heard you guys talk about it. I actually did not watch this movie until um, we put this this episode on the schedule. I watched it last night to prepare for this episode. So I had no emotional connection with it at all. I knew you guys liked it. I knew it was a classic. So I came in um, not totally knowing what to expect, but knowing that you know there's a lot attached to it. And I'm just going to be honest, it was kind of a miss for me. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was afraid of that. I, I, I think that's, uh, and I, I'm curious to hear why. So that'll be, that'll mm-hmm. be right, right, right. Well, one of the things also, and it could be a generational gap too, is this, right. the other thing is, is this movie grows on you over time. I don't think yeah. if you watch it the first time out, it's going to be a hit for everybody. Uh, it wasn't for me, um, but over the course of time, you pick up on the nuances and some of, some of those. Those com- comedic bits happen so fast. The little th- comments of the father uh, that are hidden under his breath, you know, that come in, or uh, some of the subtleness of the humor. It's not as in your face. Um, the 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 dad is sort of just never he never wins sort of thing. He's the Al Bundy before there was Al Bundy. You know, I think that was. Uh... Uh, that was part of how I related to this more as the years went by. Right. Was I could see myself more in the dad. Yes. And I could see myself as the adult Ralphie looking back. Right. If you just watch it as a kid, it's not really it's not really a kid's movie, ironically. Right. Uh, no, it's got a uh, lot of themes for kids. But, you know, when you look back, you can relate to a lot of the same storylines and stuff in our in our own childhoods. It doesn't matter what era you grew up, you you know the school bully, you know the tough guys uh, running around with your friends, the way they dare each other, just the whole camaraderie with these friends, you you can relate to that almost in any you know decade. No, and in fact, the original release in theaters had quite a bit of language in it, you know, from the father's perspective. Um, so, no, it wouldn't be like your typical kid's movie. Um, but, I, you know, the way they ran around almost was sort of like a little bit of a, a throwback to the R, old R Gang series, if you will, um, where they, they were just, you know, uh, <laughs> they had their own little subculture, if you will. Um, for me, yeah, again, it's the quotability of the movie. It's the um, instantly I can, as I said in the intro, you know, it's for, you know, it's fragile. Everybody, except for, you know, Devin initially, you know, I mean, again, you watched it last night, will instantly pick up on what that is. I mean, that's one of the, those phrases. And again, uh, talking about its popularity, it st- it was a movie, it was released on VHS, the DVD, and it's, it's now shown on uh, TBS, I think, uh-huh. 24 hours uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah, they started on Christmas Eve and run it through Christmas Day evening. And there even now, um, there is a musical version of it. 
and they're now recreating a whole nother musical version of it um, uh, because the original musical that was based on this didn't do as well. Um, so now they've revamped it and they're going to re-release that. And then now Fox is doing a live version of it. I think it's tomorrow night. Which I think it is tomorrow night. By the yeah. time this episode releases, it'll have been a couple of days. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, so it, it's definitely retained its popularity uh, to the masses. Uh, it's a bold move by Fox to take a classic like this. Um, I appreciate them trying to redo things, but it's a bold move to take a classic because I don't know that I can imagine another Ralphie besides Peter Billingsley. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> That kid had the iconic face. I mean, again, uh, you know, any kid can, uh, you know, maybe do it better, maybe not. You know, uh, the casting choices were interesting, but we'll get into that when we move on to that episode uh, or that that uh, topic. Um, so going back to the original and, and our, our initial memories of it, uh, I mentioned the quotability of it. Uh, does, I don't think it'd be fair to talk about the film. Uh, without talking about some of your favorite quotes out of the film. so All right, folks, if you notice a little bit of a hiccup, well, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we moved to new equipment. So thank you for staying with us. Uh, so we were talking about the movie, and we were saying um, just how quotable it is. So I wanted to go around the room and sort of talk to everybody and see what their, some of their favorite quotes are. So, uh, Ben, why don't you tell us what your favorite quote is? Uh, you know, this quote is one that you hear... Pretty often, uh, maybe the most often, but uh, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, I really like that one. I had a very protective mom. Uh, it reminds me of her. Uh, just sounds like something she would say, so I'll laugh at that every time I hear it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, uh, Dave, but I I definitely had a mother that would uh, constantly tell me to look out for things, and uh, invariably I I made sure to do them anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the more you're right right because they're they've got to be lying to you there's no way but yeah you'll shoot your eye out is probably one of my, my favorite quotes uh especially uh i think it was santa as he's taking his foot and pushing him down the slide right. i mean that's just that's just a, a great uh, uh memory um and i don't know about you guys as a kid but you know some of those santas were they could get scary you know so <laughs> All right, yeah, so that whole scene with the Santa, the kids are all screaming, and even in the background when he's already done seeing Santa, it shows you how traumatic that is to the kid. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then him trying to climb back up the slot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great scene. All right, so Devin, how about you? You saw it last night. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a particular quote in mind that uh, stuck out for you? Yeah, I think probably my favorite quote. I loved uh, some of the quotes from the older adult Ralphie. His commentary back on his childhood was funny. So the scene where the kids are going back and forth, uh, daring each other, and they're kind of elevating it, and then the kid he ex uh, expects the kids to do, to do a triple dare and then go to triple dog dare, but he got jumped straight to triple dog dare, and the adult Ralphie makes some note about uh, he just broke etiquette. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> there is a hierarchy. There is an understanding that you you know, um, and so that I think Dave, you talked about this. I think that's what the film does for everybody is, is it brings, brings you back to sort of that subculture as kids that yeah, we have. It's, it's kind of funny that the more I thought about this movie kind of on a little bit deeper level is that, uh, when you're a kid, people think that a kid's world is kind of small, but what it is is all the things in your world are actually really big. And so all this was like a really big deal going on to these kids. 
Christmas was a big deal. The gift was a big deal. The bully was a big deal. Everything was amplified. And I think when you look back on your childhood, that, that kind of fits. And I think that may be, you know, not to get too deep into the movie, but I think that absolutely may be one of the attractions to this film is, is uh, uh, bringing that up for people and letting them, them uh, laugh at it. You know, because, again, everything was a big deal when you were a kid, right? Yeah, he, he's not worried about how they're going to pay the bills or, you know, the economy or war or anything. It's, it's kind of frivolous things in, in a way, but they're, but they're important to him and they're not as serious. So that kind of makes it a little lighthearted. Yeah, boy, do I miss those days. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Dave. So, what about you? What's one of your favorites? Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, mine. Most of the quotes I like the, the most come from the old man. But uh, uh, the way he, he mumbles, and you can't hardly understand half what he's saying sometimes. But uh, he's wanting to say uh, not a finger when he's trying to tell uh, uh, his wife after she's already broken the lamp to not touch it because he's got to go get more glue. And he he says not a finger. But the way it comes out, he says, not a finger. <laughs> but he says it with such emphasis. And then when she says that they're out of glue, uh, he also says, and he's just gritting his teeth, and he's just as mad as all get out, and he says, you used up all the glue on purpose. Right. So he doesn't know what to say or, or how to come across, but he is mad, and he's got he's to make that point. So, right. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, for me um, – uh, there's a ton of quotes, but for me, the, the scene that I, I harken back to, and it was the, the Christmas at the Chinese restaurant with, where they chopped off the head of the duck. Um, to me, that was, that was a funny scene. Now I have a feeling I'm going to get some, some, uh, <laughs> kickback on this. So I, I'm prepared. This, this scene kind of ruined the movie for me. Okay. Like the way it opens, I, I'm sure you know where they're, the, they're trying to sing. The carols, mm-hmm. and they're just m- making fun of the way the, uh, the I guess it, you said it's a Chinese restaurant. The Chinese people are singing, like mm-hmm. they can't pronounce the words properly. Right. I I was uh, horrified by that joke. Um, I know this movie takes place pre World War Two, right? But I was like, I don't think I don't think that that joke has been funny since uh, since World War Two. Probably making fun of the way Asian people talk. Okay. I don't know. It, it bothered me, and maybe it's just a different time. Maybe maybe that wasn't such a big deal back in the '80s when they made it. But right, right. Me, I don't know. To me, it, it hit me the wrong way. Okay, that's no, fair enough. I mean, well, it was in in the context is an early '80s look back at the late '30s, and that's how you get what you got. That's kind of what that was. Right, right, right. You know, uh, it's. I think it's just amplified the stereotypes, just like it is with the Chinese people there. The, the dad being so you know grumpy mm-hmm. and the kids being so nerdy I think it's just that, that they're all kind of uh, uh, amplified you know exaggerated characters too that's one one of the things they were doing there right right um, the the beheading of the duck though I mean uh, the family's reaction to that the fact that Christmas was ruined the 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 act, uh, the actual um, uh, the the overall uh, absurdity of the moment, I think, is really where the humor in that came in. Um, yes, it was it was definitely um, racially stereotypical, insensitive. So I understand where you're coming from on that, Devin. Um, but to your point, the absurdity of their they're only having one choice to go to this restaurant. Uh, the the mother's mortified at looking at the duck head, and and their response to it was not. 
oh, we're so sorry. They just chopped the head off yeah, and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Quick solution. Right. Right. Um, again, like I said, the movie itself has so many different quotes uh, throughout it. Uh, the dad, you know, just trying his hardest to, to do well. And he just, you know, he, he trips and stumbles every time he turns around. Um, you know, the son who won't eat. Uh, or has to make noises like a, like a, a pig every time he eats, you know. Uh, this is well before there were, you know, uh, 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 we where it was not okay to make fun of, you know, uh, body image image and, and eating disorders. Um, this was a, you know, just they they were making fun of uh, uh, the mom and and her willingness to to you know feed this child no matter what yeah, way. He's, he's just a picky eater. Which is, right, you know, and again, yeah. that time period. Uh, and yeah, I mean, even my childhood. I remember you ate whatever your, your mom made for you. Right, that's what you were eating. Right. Uh, so you know, I know, I know that dad was probably. Hey, he better eat this. I mean, he's getting mad that he's right. So, well, mom, don't overlook that part where the dad says um, uh, when he starts uh, crying over there, and he says, uh, "You better eat your food before I give you something to cry about." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Who hadn't heard that? Right. And I think he says get a shovel too or something. Right. So, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I knew that kid was gonna have to eat it. So I again that must the funnel and the in the plumber's helper and he's just gonna put it down his throat is what he says. Right. Yeah. So the mom the mom, you know, steps in and you know, my mom stepped in many times to save me from my dad and uh found to, <laughs> found to create sorry dad, I apologize for listening. A <laughs> uh, creative way of uh you know Helping him uh, eat his food. See, so. I, I thought that scene was really sweet. I thought the mom, you know, I thought that was really great how the mom stepped in like that. Mm-hmm. But then it just kept going. Right. They kept showing that kid stick his nose in his mashed potatoes and come back and laugh. Then he'd stick it in again. He'd come back and laugh and there'd be a little bit more. And uh, I thought it was really sweet, but then, I don't know, it just went on. It's not my favorite thing. By any <laughs> no, but the uh, you know again the 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 overprotective mother uh, when she bundles him up for winter club for winter uh, in in that jacket and he can't I can't I can't move I got to go wee wee uh, all of that there is just uh, classic stuff because um, again as a, as a kid I don't know that I would have laughed at it as much but now as a parent um, yeah I could see you know. Getting your kid all bundled up and then they got to go. Oh, I got to go potty. Um, is always a, always a, a, a great eye roll moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I've been, I feel like I'm being down on the on the uh, movie, and I, I apologize because I I did enjoy certain parts of it, and I think my favorite part of it was the structure. I love the the structure of the movie, the way it's it's this um, man reflecting back on his childhood through these vignettes, these short stories that are that all kind of weave together eventually. Um, I thought I thought that was really creative. I love the way they used the uh, the older version of Ralphie to kind of comment on his childhood and and, and uh, kind of give some more meaning to the just the the things that happened. And it actually reminded me a lot of um, one of my favorite TV shows, How I Met Your Mother, because it's it's that similar concept. And and I don't know if the, there's a direct influence there or not, but I mean I I love the the structure of the film for sure. Well, you know, inter- yeah, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because um, as you were talking about that. Um, I, if the movie was not as successful as it was in that format, I don't think you would have had an, a TV series like The Wonder Years mm-hmm. or even Stand By Me, the movie, uh, where they do that recollection or you know go, go one step further and, and take it a, a little bit more of a stretch. The Sandlot, 
um, where where he was retelling the story, and then again going into how I met your mother and, and doing that that uh, reminiscing of, of of time. But yeah, the the format of older Ralphie narrating through his life or his memories as a child, it, you know, um, I don't know that I. I I don't know that anybody would want to see my my childhood memories, but uh, certainly uh, you know we enjoyed Ralphie's. So that's for sure. Uh, so much so that they're getting ready to redo it, redo it or revamp it, if you will, with a new cast. Um, Matthew Broderick is going to play the dad, which I think, to your point, Dave, he's got too much. Di- he's too eloquent with his diction, and so a little bit smooth. I wonder how they'll do that. Yeah. Right. They've got Maya Rudolph as Mother Parker. Um, she's very funny. Um, so, the, uh, and then Jane Krakowski from uh, Thirty Rock. Um, she's going to play Miss Shields. Um, and then, I'm sorry. Matthew Broderick is Ralphie as an adult. That's what, yeah. That's what I thought. He's going to be. I'm narrator, sorry. Which I thought he would be a good. Oh, he's a great that. narrator, right? I apologize. It's a gentleman, a gentleman by the name of Chris Diamantopoulos is going to play Old Man Parker. And I apologize if I butchered your name. Um, Anna Gasteyer from SNL is going to be Mrs. Schwartz. A uh, young man by the name of Andy Walken is going to take the role of Ralphie. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, Sasha Carlson is going to play Scott Farkas. Um and then I'm trying to see if there's any notable, other notable names that we've got. Um, but essentially, they're going to do it live. So um, it can have any number of uh, uh, hiccups in a live performance, you know, usually happen. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of those live on TV, you know, things. So that, I probably won't even watch that particular it's, one. It's like a musical without an audience, right? Because it's, it's still on a TV stage, right? It's on a stage. Now, they've done the musical lives, um, you know, and the, some of them have worked out well. Uh, the Wiz was actually a great uh, rec- recreation. Um, and some of them have been very bad, like Peter Pan. Uh, it was very, very awful. Um, but, you know, Christopher Walken singing in the musical is probably a bad casting <laughs> choice. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, you know, I think, you know, it's worth an effort and, you know, good luck. But to me, you know, I don't think it'll keep me from watching the TBS version, you know, the original. Um, if one thing uh, we are at least uh, true to is, is we always go retro with the original. You know, we try to stay with it. So um, with that being said, uh, you know, uh, Christmas Story live on Fox. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Dave. I'm going to say thumbs down. Not, not for me. I, I like the original. Um, it's it's kind of funny because you know when you when you something is so iconic, uh, there are a few things you can get away with with keep doing the sequels and keep doing add-ons as we've seen. As uh, there's some successful franchises that uh, we like a lot, but this is not one of those. Uh, the musicals have not been very successful. There's actually a Christmas Story two, which is awful. Oh my. Um, there's not, there's not really anything outside of this original movie that has been uh, uh, very good. You know, there, there are some uh, novelty things. Uh, the original uh, house where it's filmed is now a museum, and, uh, but it all goes back to that original movie. The stuff that's come out since then, eh, not so much. 
Right. The you mentioned the house um, actually uh, was put up for sale. Uh, a fan bought it, uh, and then they they spent quite a bit of money restoring it to the actual film uh, uh, um, film. You know. Uh, like the dressing recreation house. yeah so and then they actually bought the house next to it to create a gift shop <laughs> um yeah i think that's very neat that they did that um is are they doing that with the the house that the outsiders was filmed that too i thought well they've talked about it but i don't think they've got the money to do that at this point right right um but uh, the christmas story house is, is worth going to if you're a big fan of the movie uh, the outside is spot on. The backyard, you actually get to see uh, where Ralphie gets to shoot the bandits, uh, where he sh- where he does shoot his eye out, where he breaks his glasses. That is the place where it's actually uh, shot. And then in the museum, which is uh, across the street, they've got so much stuff from the original uh, movie and, and wardrobe, and you get to see Flick's hat, and there's just uh, some pretty cool stuff. If you're if you're a big fan, it is worth the trip. Right, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, we talked about your wife being a huge fan. You actually took her up there and and toured it, and, yeah. and so yeah, it's actually in Cleveland, is where right. it's at. Right, because that's where it was shot. Yeah. Right. Um, so I mean, uh, at least the outside scenes. A lot of this movie was shot in uh, Canada. Right. Right. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this this is right up there with. Um, for me, you know, the uh, Rankin and Bass uh, Christmas specials uh, with Frosty and 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 uh, Heat Miser and and this is this is Christmas to me when I watch a Christmas story. Um, yeah, I couldn't make a list of my favorite Christmas movies and not include this. I don't know how how short a list I could get to before this gets knocked off. But yeah, in a in a in a good list, this is definitely one of the movies that stays on there. Right. Well, okay, so let me ask you, you bring up a good point. So this and what else is on your absolute must-see must Christmas list? Well, the funny thing is a lot of people don't realize, but uh, Peter Billingsley plays a small part in uh, the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, which I think is a right. great movie that's, that's not nearly as old as this uh, movie, but it's got a little age on it now. Uh, I put Elf on there for more uh, recent uh, must-sees. Right. But, uh, Peter Billingsley's on there as, as an adult uh, elf and uh, does a good job on that. Good call. Good call. What about you, Ben? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, so, really? Uh, going, going classic. I'm a classic guy, I mean. Yo, you're a class A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat that movie. No. That's, uh, yeah. So this one's on there, though. Um, Christmas Story, you know, I think the reason I love it so much, I mean, um, is I have that connection. When I watched this with my dad, I watched it last night with my dad, and uh, he was telling me stories. He related to Ralphie when Ralphie's crying, uh, when he's beating up the boy. My dad said, that's how I was when I was a kid. So I've learned so many stories of my father uh, by watching this movie. My dad listened to the radio. Uh, He told me the radio show. So this has been... Uh, by, I think that's why it's even hiding this movie for me is because by watching it with my dad, I've learned so many things about my dad. And right. uh, so when I watch this, I'm always going to have that connection with my dad. So that's very special. Awesome. Me. Awesome. What about you, Devin? What's on your Christmas must-see? My Christmas must-see, um, Home Alone. I love Home Alone. Yes. Um, I 
I don't know if it should, but it always puts me in the Christmas spirit when I watch Home Alone. Cool. Cool. Nobody Aban- better break into your house. Oh. Abandoned <laughs> children puts Devin in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that's good to hear. <laughs> It's um, just that song. I think the song when he's walking down the street. Oh man! Right. Tears. Right. And that's another classic. But again, uh, that's our tri- that's going to have to be on our tribute episode to John Hughes. I, I think. Um, uh, oh, he's all over the map. Yeah. That guy, you know, for our generation and and the newer generation, that's the classic American storyteller. You know, he's our Frank Capra, if you will. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, we do. We definitely need to honor him with a uh uh an episode i think because there to be honest with you i mean there's so many films it's hard to fit it all into one episode um but for me and i don't want to digress into this too far but he is he's the storyteller of my my teen years anyway um for me you know you uh you guys all mentioned very classic uh films you know i talked about the rankin and bass sort of claymation type um, but there's one that's not really a Christmas movie, but I, I watch it every Christmas, and that's Die Hard. Yeah. And you got to go. <laughs> no, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I, I will have that argument off air. But <laughs> uh, well, if you say Gremlins is a Christmas movie, then you got to say Die Hard yes. is a Christmas movie. Right. And I do say Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Yes. Right. I forgot about Gremlins. But that's that's on the list too. So. Oh yeah, another, it, another, another the first one is definitely a Christmas movie. Yes. Another unexpected Christmas movie is um, Iron Man 3. Yes. Okay. I was going to go trading places, but okay. <laughs> uh, a, a little trivia for you on, on that one. Who is one of the producers for the for Iron Man? Not Iron Man 2 or 3, but one of the producers for Iron Man, Peter Billingsley. Really? He Yeah, he yeah. definitely uh, expanded his, his uh, career. And he and John Favreau are actually really good friends. Uh, who, yeah, he's behind the scenes. Right. He, he does a lot of uh, uh, producing, writing. He's a script doctor. He's doing all kind of stuff. Right. Uh, he and uh, John Favreau used to have a, a series on IFC called Dinner for Five, and he would meet with various uh, uh, stars uh, over over dinner at a restaurant, and they would talk about different things in their career, swap stories. Um, you know, sort of like the uh, format of this podcast. Um, they would just really just talk. And, it, you know, Peter Billingsley appeared on there a couple of times, uh, as did um, – uh, oh, wow. I can't believe I went blank on his name. Uh, Vince um, – Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn, thank you. Uh, Vince Vaughn and Peter uh, Billingsley are like best friends. Right, right. And I think Peter Billingsley produced Who Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's uh, comedy show. I think Peter Billingsley produced that as well. Um, so anyway, it's, it, it used to be on Netflix, but if you get a chance, uh, if you, I don't know if you do the disc format of Netflix. I don't know that anybody does. But Somebody if, does. Right, yeah. Somebody they're still sending them out. Going. So if you do, or if you find it somewhere uh, on the interweb, uh, it's a great series if you enjoy movies to just sit back and listen to some of the stories. And he's got some classics on there. Richard Lewis, you know, is a comedian from the 80s. Very funny guy. Um, on Love, who was in The Replacements um, and a few other films. Kevin Smith from Clark's Dogma fame, you know, directed those films. Uh, just some really irreverent, funny guys that 
tell some great stories. You know, Don Rickles was on there. I mean, he's just got some great people on there. So um, with that, guys, I think we're going to uh, take a moment to say uh, on behalf of Devin, Ben, all this season's guests, uh, Dave and myself, I want to thank you guys for listening to us this season uh, and your feedback. And we'd love to wish you and your families a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, we thank you for listening and your subscription. Dave, De- uh, excuse me, Devin, Ben, any words of uh, holiday cheer? Just wish everyone a Merry Christmas and be safe out there. Merry Christmas. Happy binging. <laughs> Dave, uh, you know, I'll let you give a, a word of Christmas cheer on your outro, but uh, I want to I want to say uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, you guys as well. Thanks, buddy. Same to you. And then uh, make sure to contact us about future episodes or your favorite uh, uh movies or TV shows, uh, make sure to find us on the web, www.areyoukiddingmeshow.com. That's all spelled out. Or you can uh, tweet us at R-U, the letter R, the letter U, Kidding Me Show. Uh, or email us in, in the old way. Uh, email us at areyoukiddingmeshow, uh, R spelled out, the letter U, kiddingmeshow at gmail.com. With that, Dave, my friend, take us out. Well, it's been a great episode. Uh, I like talking about this movie. I hope that we have uh, encouraged people to watch it if they haven't seen it. It's not one of those ones to me when you watch it the first time that you might just fall in love with. It grows on you, and then it and it just really sticks with you. So there's some depth to it. So give it a shot. Watch it. Watch it again, especially if you get a chance to watch it on TBS and TNT, as they will just play this thing to death over over uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. There should be plenty of opportunities uh, to watch it, and uh, hopefully we've given you a couple other good uh, Christmas movie recommendations, so you'll have something to watch this uh, holiday. I love Christmas movies. Uh, but it's almost time to be wrapping that up uh, because they're not very fun to watch in January and on. You know, I, I like to keep them in that uh, particular season. So uh, I hope today that we have uh, given you a few reasons to laugh or chuckle, maybe give a little thought, maybe snort if that's your thing or whatever it is that you do that uh, comes across as a laugh. And maybe today you just kind of thought about the holidays a little bit. You thought about. Uh, your favorite movie that you have on DVD that's a Christmas movie that you want to put in. Maybe it is Die Hard. Maybe it is Gremlins. Uh, Put that in. Enjoy it. And Matt, it's time for you to take us out with that wonderful theme music as we ask you to not be wondering too much, are you kidding me? that last line again i'm sorry we got a, a calendar notification i got is a this note. the last season is this the last episode of season two well it's not the last one that'll release but it's well the last then one. i won't say that part. last one yeah yeah okay that's cool